0: Hey, how's it going, everyone? This is Glenn Gehr with another episode of NeepsCast, the official podcast of the Northeastern Evolutionary Psychology Society. Today is a special day for two reasons. First off, we're going to have a longstanding Neeps member, Dr. Rebecca Birch, or we, we like to call her Becky, will be our guest. And as if that's not enough, we happen to be recording on Dr. Joel Wade's birthday today. Um, <laughs> Joel, Woo-hoo. absolutely. Joel um, is one of the folks who goes all the way back to the origins of NEEPS. He is in his second term as president of NEEPS. And Dr. Wade, you are aging gracefully, my friend. So happy birthday on behalf of everything NEEPs. Yep.
1: Happy <laughs> birthday,
0: you absolute legendary man. <laughs> absolutely. So, all right. So with that said, we are very fortunate to be here with our friend Becky today. Um, Becky is a professor of human development. Would that be accurate?
1: Yeah, I am now. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So professor of human development at uh, Oswego, um, SUNY Oswego. She has a PhD um, in psychobiology with a focus on evolutionary psychology from the University at Albany coming from the storied lab of Gordon Gallup. And uh, Becky, welcome to the show.
1: Hi! Uh, happy Happy Friday! Nice to be here. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great.
1: Good. Glad to hear it.
0: Yeah, this has been a really fun thing. I've been uh, taping these just about every Friday, and I, I gotta say it's a highlight of my week. So <laughs> it's a but, good way to end things, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So uh, everyone's got their own story as to how he or she came to the realization that evolutionary psychology is an amazingly important way to understand what it means to be human. And um, you and I go pretty far back and I've heard you speak a little bit about um, your take on this and I feel like it'd be nice to have you maybe elaborate. So at what point in your educational experience did you Come to evolutionary psychology, and where did it lead you from there? Sure,
1: sure. So um, I I always like to joke whenever we have graduate graduate school information nights or anything like that. Whenever I talk to students, I always like to joke that I'm a I'm a complete cautionary tale. I am, I am an absolute mess and no one should, should take the path that I took. Um, I was absolutely clueless in, in college. I, took, uh, a ta- I didn't know that this was what I was looking for, to put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took every possible animal behavior class. I took every possible social psychology class. And it wasn't until my senior spring semester that I took biological psychology. I put it off to the last second. I was afraid of it, brains mm-hmm. freaked me out, that sort of thing. Uh, and then, as I was taking that course, it kind of you know blew my mind and then I didn't know where to go from there, and I thought that I was going to become a clinical psychologist, which is insane to mm-hmm. think. Of and and then I mean really what what was I thinking and but I didn't know I didn't know anything
0: right and just uh, a brief interjection that's what we all think we're going to do when we're 19 right. and psychology majors what what else do you do <laughs> that's the thing because you don't know yeah
1: you don't know what you're going to do and then my my um biopsychology professor actually said I want you to, you know, go talk to who I got my PhD with. I want you to go talk to Gordon Gallup. And I was like, yeah, okay, but, you know, I don't, I'm not doing brain things, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I, you know, I think I'm going to become a therapist. And then I, I worked in an outpatient mental health facility for a couple years and I was like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this is the importance of internships, student. Mm-hmm. Get out there and figure out what the day-to-day is like um, before you decide that that's your career. So the, once I did that, I knew that's not what I wanted to do. And then I said, okay, let's get a hold of this Gordon Gallup guy. You know, and you know, he does work with, with primates. That'll be interesting. And, of course, by that point, he wasn't doing that anymore. I mean, really,
0: mm-hmm.
1: really, Glenn, I was a mess. I was a
0: mess. <laughs> but it <laughs> worked out.
1: Right. It absolutely did. But I stumbled through every step of it. And so at least as a cautionary tale, I can be somewhat inspirational. Like if you if you're like one step above being absolutely clueless, you're doing better than me. And I <laughs> turned out OK.
0: Absolutely.
1: So so I got a I got a hold of Gordon and uh, started doing work with him uh, and then, you know, fell into that and fell into his lab and then fell so- in. So Becky,
0: just just to back up a little bit for people that uh for people who are not as fortunate as we are to to know Gordon maybe um, <laughs> put a little context of you know who is he and and the nature of his lab and what was it like you know walk us through that experience of a young Becky Birch meeting this you know renowned professor
1: um so yeah clueless becky birch meeting this renowned professor so uh gordon Gallup. whenever i try to explain to who he is to to students Mm -hmm. i say you know have you ever looked at an introductory psychology textbook and you notice that there's you know in the first chapter first two chapters there's something about the mind there's something about theory of mind and there's always a obligatory picture of a chimpanzee looking at himself in the mirror you know like and then they always they click with that and they say oh yes I've I've sort of seen that and then this is this is one of the many 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 things that Gordon Gallup has done over the course of his career Uh, and then of course you you talk about self-recognition and self-awareness the mirror test and then and then I go through Uh, You know, his work in evolutionary psychology, I go through his work in tonic immobility, which he did for years, which is actually extremely important. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, um, yeah, we talk about chickens, (laughs) because he did so much work with chickens. And, of course, you know, his work with with chimpanzees and and primates is, you know, the, it's such, I mean, imagine having a career like that. It's such a major finding that it's in the first couple chapters of every introductory Mm -hmm. psychology textbook. It's a big deal. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just stumbled into it.
0: And, you know, for people that follow Gordon's career, he easily could have stopped doing research in 1978 and been (laughs) named one of the most important researchers in the behavioral sciences, but he...
1: Yeah, he could have uh, coasted on this for a very long time.
0: Easy, but he (laughs) went on to do so much more amazing research. And what I think is so important um, to us in NEEPS, because most of us study human behavior at some point gordon said wait a minute i'm going to start studying human behavior from this evolutionary comparative perspective that i've been doing for years with all these other species and it was like boom like thank darwin that he went in that direction because the you know the insights that we now have regarding what it means to be human that followed from the research of him and people like yourself and disciples and um, alumni of, of Gordon have just been um, extraordinary. Yeah. So I think it's, um, he's been such a, such a powerful force for advancing our discipline in so many ways.
1: Yeah. I, he's, he started doing uh, this work and working with humans really in the late 70s, early 80s. He started publishing on what essentially was evolution and human behavior in the, in the early 80s. And he's still going. He's uh-huh. still going. Uh, we, I think we submitted a, a manuscript last week
0: Oh, that's great to hear
1: he's still going um and yeah, he absolutely could have coasted on this for a long time. I call it um whenever we talk about like the the students and the students of the students and everything I call it uh, Gordon's mimetic children like mm-hmm. we have a mimetic uh family here in a mimetic pedigree, and yeah he has he has influenced so many people and has taught so many students, and they're still going
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's amazing yeah,
0: yeah so um. So with that said, maybe step back in time. Um, so what were some of the, I know you've got some good anecdotes in there. So what were some of the experiences when you're a grad student, for people that haven't gone to grad school yet, or you know, what exactly is graduate school like? What are, maybe an anecdote or two to sort of put a face to what that experience was like for you
1: okay so yeah so first the disclaimer that it was quite some time ago we're looking at 20 years ago now because you know as as you might Notice I'm old, but uh, not yet. yet? Let me know what I am. Let me know. I I need to get a t shirt or something. Uh, So, yeah, 20 years ago, of course, the world was a very different place in terms of technology and things like that. Um, But I I will say that graduate school was one of the favorite periods of my life. I really loved graduate school. Uh, It was, I, I think, you know, the I think what's so great about it and what students and nerds everywhere will appreciate about graduate school is that you're given the time and the space and you still have a great deal of energy and passion for it right to to study what you want and that's really the the narcotic effects of having a job in academia as well and being a professor is that you get to answer questions that you have, you know, for yourself about anything, really anything. Uh, And you get to do this as a career. I mean, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And as a graduate student, particularly after you get done with a lot of your coursework, that's what you do. You, you come up with projects and you answer questions. And, um, and lab meetings with Gordon were always great. He had, he always, he still has the same exact schedule. He would come back from the gym and he would stop in and you'd have a lab meeting and, um, and you would sit down and be like, what about this? And what about that? And one of the fantastic things about working with Gordon is I, I've always called him the the grand hypothesizer. Mm -hmm always like almost immediately it doesn't matter what topic you come up with he uh, here's another way of looking at gordon he knows more about everything than you know about anything <laughs> right <laughs> uh, sure. but he's thought about it somehow he's already yeah. thought about it yeah. so but even on the fly you can come up with this observation and he'll say i bet that this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I predict if you isolate this variable, this variable and this variable, you're going to see this, this and this. And it really was, I mean, any realm, look at his, his body of work and it's across the board. It's all different topics. Mm -hmm. And he would just take a moment, you know, think about it a little and go, I bet if you, you know, if you isolate this, this and this, you'll find this, this and this. And damn it, he was right such a high percentage it's of the time. Yeah. Like, how did you do that? You thought about it for 10
0: seconds. He's got such an insightful approach to understanding everything. Yes. It's absolutely amazing.
1: And, and, I, and this is something that's extremely important. Like, a lot of people can come up with ideas, but to be right, right. that right. percentage of the time, his foundations and experimental psych, that's really the key. Mm-hmm. Right. That he could look at this and say, I know exactly which variables to look at right. and exactly how to measure them. And this is what's going to happen. And yeah. sometimes it would just make me mad. <laughs> Come on. How did you do that? How did you do that? He was a bit of a, a magician in that way. Uh, but having a strong, and this is another important point for students is t- having a really strong foundation in stats and experimental psychology and, and looking at uh, variables and how to properly control for them. I mean, there's nothing you can't study well. Absolutely. if you put that
0: down. Absolutely. Um, and the only thing I'll add to that that I think relates to um, Gordon's unique intellectual successes pertains to the importance of natural selection thinking or evolution, print, evolutionary principles as they help, shape our understanding of things too, because when you're an evolutionary psychologist and you have a good understanding of research methods and you have a good understanding of statistics and you have a basic understanding of how things like natural selection work, right? that like gives you, it's, it's such a powerful toolkit.
1: Yeah. And
0: I feel like Gordon, you know, obviously is, is, you know, the prototype of like, you know, this is like at, at, its, at its best, this is how this toolkit can operate to help us ask study and answer all kinds of questions. Um, But you know, what I like to tell my students is you can do this too. Yeah. You know,
1: the neat thing about Gordon, of course, is that he's, he's coming to this and studying humans after decades of animal and primate research Mm -hmm. decades and we have the luxury now of having all of these materials and resources laid out before us because of people like Gordon and other researchers right Uh, so we can start looking at this any student can start looking at this um, from you know from this point forward knowing everything that we already know so you know they're actually at an advantage now there's there's so much information there you don't have to go through decades of, well, you don't have to train chimpanzees to go into space huh. at this point, right? You can move on, right. uh, and you can, um, and you can look at that work and, and stand on the shoulders of giants, as Google Scholar likes to say.
0: Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so it sounds like um, you know you really did well in choosing a mentor, and I I know that your own work don't
1: give me any credit at all. <laughs> It's all accidental.
0: But, but you've really taken his approach to studying human behavior and to teaching and to mentoring students. You know, let's be fair, there's a lot more to, to this work than just being a researcher. And I think you've really um, taken a lot of the great things about his approach to academia and you've run with it.
1: I mean, everyone puts their own spin on things, but here's, here's another point that's very important to tell students is, you know, your, your selection of a mentor is really going to shape a lot of the different parts in your philosophy regarding all the different parts of your career. Mm -hmm. So yeah, choosing the right mentor uh, is, is a very, very important thing. And it's overwhelming when you're looking at graduate schools. Uh, And it's not the same for every program. But if you're looking at a PhD in psychology, you're, choice of mentor is is very very important um and you know there's and of course i'm in a completely different sort of academic realm compared to where gordon was of course he's at a research one school and i'm more at at a teaching school and so you know my job is is different in many ways um and so there's there's the research part of it there's the expectations you have of students, things like that. Uh, and then, of course, there's there's the teaching stuff. And anyone who has seen Gordon teach uh, knows that um, he has a very distinct teaching style that I probably haven't quite, you know, Emulated as, as as well as I could, um, but you know that's when other sort of personality quirks uh, kick in. Some students like to say that my my lessons, any given class, is more of a a stand up comedy routine with, yeah. with education thrown in. But if <laughs> I'm, I'm not having fun, no one's
0: having fun. Absolutely, uh, yeah. and and you know on that point, we had a really interesting um, evolutionary studies speaker uh, for Darwin Day this year, and it was Natalia Reagan, who's um, pretty renowned in the field, mostly of anthropology, of sort of popularizing anthropology. And she's a comedian, a, a TV star, and an anthropologist. Mm. A- and uh, you know, she gave an amazing talk and she used puppets. And oh um, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. the, the topic was non-human primate sexuality. So it was, you know. Oh my gosh, with puppets. With puppets. And, oh. uh, and we talked to her. We had an opportunity to speak with her, just me and the students in an informal setting which is how our program's designed. And, and so we were asking her about, you know, what, what's your advice on giving a presentation? And what she said is if you make people laugh, you're connecting with them. If people yeah. aren't laughing, that means that, it kind of means that no one's listening, yeah. you know? So, I mean, obviously you don't want to make class 100% jokes and then they leave and, you know, they only know a
1: nothing. Bunch of Right, you right. have a primary job to do, yeah.
0: Yeah, but but you know, keeping people in, engaged and humor is a major part of it. I feel like that is such a foundational piece to to most really strong teachers, and I feel like you've been uh, given that that gift um, strongly. So,
1: oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll blame my my real dad, my biological dad, for that one. Yeah. You can make anybody laugh. But um, yeah, the, the, the laugh part, I mean, it is there. I mean, you could also make, you know, students gasp and you can make students angry, you know, you can challenge them in a number of ways, but mm-hmm. it's really important to put that out there because you know, I think everybody's had the experience of trying to talk to someone when no one's listening, trying to teach someone when, when they don't want to uh, learn or pay attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I get it, you know, I do. Um, and, and, It's very easy to zone out, you know, like when you're watching television and things like that. And sometimes, you know, professors will complain that, you know, they don't think I'm a real person. They think I'm a screen and they're just going about their business. Uh, So, but I do the same thing. I actually have to shut my computer now when I watch television. Otherwise, I drift off. I start right. checking things. I'm not paying attention. So, anytime you can step across that imaginary line and actually interact with students, get them to do things, get them to listen to you, to give feedback, to tell their stories, anything like that, any form of interaction, uh, it makes everybody's experience better.
0: That's yep, absolutely. Um, so we so gotta
1: get we gotta get puppets at Neeps.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, let's talk
1: about Neeps. Let's get
0: puppets. What? Let's talk about Neeps. You know, if if, if you've not been to Neeps before, I just got to go. tell you. You, you got to go. You got to go. We we um it, It's it,
1: really it allow me to be really nerdy about this, but it's sure. such a highlight. I get so happy when I go to Neeps. Yeah. I mean, I get nervous about presenting and all of that because I have horrible anxiety about presenting, but to be to be there, I just I'm just so happy and I'm always so, so sad when it's over but so happy I went. Go to Neeps, people.
0: Absolutely, I love it. Um, yeah, so we're gonna have our is the thirteenth annual, thirteenth yeah. annual meeting will be 13. in uh, That's gonna be j- June second to fourth, and in uh, Boston. And the executive board made an executive decision this year to say we would like Becky Birch to be one of our keynote speakers. And I was super thrilled when you accepted that offer, Becky. Oh. <laughs> you have nothing to fear.
1: Oh, okay. All right. You but, know, it's so funny as I'm sitting here, I'm like so torn. I'm like, this is a horrible mistake. <laughs> a horrible mistake. But then I'm like, you can't say that. You got to sell the conference, Becky. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so yeah it's going to of course this is this is a very new thing and it's, it's such an honor but i'm i'm so unbelievably humbled by this and i think i might actually start my talk uh, talking about this a little bit you never understand what that means like people who win an oscar and they say oh i'm so humbled i'm like why are you humbled you just
0: won right it's the opposite <laughs>
1: but yeah like what but it's to stand to to have every ounce in your body going there are so many more people that are going to be in that room that are more deserving than I, you know, that that could give an amazing, amazing talk. Why pick me? And now I'm like, oh, now I get it. Now yeah. I get why people say they're so humble. I mean, to I mean, think of think of the people that that go to Neeps and what they could what could what they could give if you gave them an hour and a microphone. Mm-hmm. Talk about their careers and what they've done and, and what they've you know done well and what they haven't done well. And you know, just think about the amount of knowledge that sits in that room.
0: We have such great people in the Neeps community. Oh, I, I totally agree with you on that. My
1: favorite people.
0: We have the best people. It, it's, true. <laughs> it's true. I know.
1: I adore them. Um, so it's, it's such an honor to be able to, to stand in front of, you know, an, an entire room of people that I adore. And it's so humbling to sit in, or stand in front of a room of, of people that I admire so much. You know, it's really yeah. ooh! It's going to be a moment for me. So of uh, course, I thank you. I thank
0: I'm you. Looking it's forward to it.
1: The bottom of my heart.
0: And let me ask you this. Yeah. Could you give us a brief preview <laughs> of the content?
1: Well, I'm I'm a little torn. Um, there's there's two ways this could go. So, um, the way a typical keynote goes is it's your it's your moment to haven't well it's more than a moment it's your hour to to give a greatest hits, right? Like mm-hmm. to go through your career and say, this is what I've done, this is the contribution I've made or the major contribution I've made. Imagine Gordon doing that, it would take him three days. Mm-hmm. But you, know, you get an hour and you say, here's my greatest hits. Here's, here's how I've changed what people know about humans, right? That's how most people do it. My My plan A, Although someone has mentioned Plan B, which is essentially the greatest hits, um, my Plan A for for my keynote is to take an hour and go. Here's what I've done, but here's what I didn't do, and why haven't I done this? And what have you not done? And why haven't you done it? And you know, having having this particular field, right? It is it is evolution and human behavior. So it is you know what we are charged with. Our mission, right, is to explain. Or we can explain all of human behavior and just think of how big that scope is right across the entire human species mm-hmm. think about how big that scope is right. across the history of said species. Mm-hmm. So think about how big that is. Right. And so we can study anything, but we make choices about what we research and we make choices about, you know, what we, you know, what we publish and what gets published and, you know, why did we make the choices we make? So if you were to sum it up in a very short term, it'd be like, you know, looking at our own biases and what we choose to study. But it's, of course, it's bigger than that. Mm. You know, and we have all sorts of like, you know, you don't go, for example, for a really big revolutionary idea when you're concerned about getting it published or you're concerned about tenure or, you know, whatever it may be. And then, you know, you get busy doing other things later in your career, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, the sort of end point is, what haven't you looked at? What's, what's the idea that's sort of sticking in the back of your brain um, that you've always wondered about but never took any steps toward? And why don't you, why don't you do something about that? Right? So, so the current title... Is my career a cautionary tale? Nice. Uh, what well, I and, and we as a, as a field can do better. So I think that's my plan A. I think that's what I'm going with at the moment. Awesome. Because I've, I've realized, like, there's, I can't give away too much, of course. But there are certain studies where there was a really clear finding just staring me in the face. And I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything about it. Um. Why didn't I? Why didn't I look at that? So, and this, of course, comes after, you know, 20 years of doing this. Why didn't I look at that? So it's kind of a push to get people to, once again, think outside the box, yeah. which, you know, is something I've been thinking about for quite some time.
0: Absolutely. I think that's great. Yeah. Well, I am very looking forward to it. Um, yeah. And I think the whole community. What are, what are you going to do at NEETs? Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Well, what are you doing? <laughs> well, we've got, we actually have three studies our lab is, is doing right now that we're kind of going full guns on. Yeah. And, you know, the uh, the review committee is still in process, so I don't want to, you know, I don't know, know exactly. You don't want to give it away. Yeah, I don't really want to give it away. But let's just say I'm super excited. <laughs> Can you give us a topic? It might relate to... Yeah parenting from an evolutionary perspective oh i've been thinking a lot about this so yes
1: i definitely want to talk to you about it
0: cool. you won't
1: give us any more than parenting that's a pretty big topic mm-hmm.
0: yeah un- unfortunately my hands are tied ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh but you know, there's so many, um, we have, I think almost 90, uh, submissions came in and yeah. so we have a lot of content. It's going to be one of the bigger neeps that we'll have had. That's an um, insane
1: amount. That's yeah. an amazing amount of submissions. That's it's, wonderful. That's
0: great. We'll usually have about 30 to 40 oral presentations. We're going to have the keynote by yourself by Bobby Lowe, which should be great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of things on the agenda. So neeps, uh, 2019 is going to be awesome and we're really looking forward to, uh, so having you play such a big role in it this year, Becky. Yeah,
1: I really cannot wait. Like I am very, very excited
0: about this. <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> and be everyone
1: absolutely. else should come too, clearly. Absolutely. Mm.
0: Absolutely. So that sounds good. I think we have uh we have a good good vibes and a good good advertisement here for neeps. Hopefully, if you're not sure about neeps, um, you know, you definitely ought to strongly consider coming to the conference. It's relatively inexpensive. It is a fun and supportive community, and you will get to hear. Dr. Becky Birch give her keynote address
1: and you'll get to hear Glenn Garrett talk about his mysterious new project.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. So with that said, we are ending our neeps cast with an evolutionarily charged Uh, haiku. Oh
1: boy. Oh boy. Okay. So first of all, this is not as easy as you think. Okay. Okay. So, um, I could have gone with a haiku, and instead, all I could come up with is a limerick. <laughs> oh,
0: interesting. That's outside the box.
1: Yeah, and limericks yeah. aren't that easy either, okay. by the way. All right, so this is what I've got, right? Let's hear it. And it's not, it's not, has, many people hear limerick and they think dirty. It's not.
0: Okay. Good. Right,
1: so, uh, there once was a conference named Neeps that was filled with such marvelous peeps that when we all went, we would squeal and present, advancing science by bounds and
0: leaps. Wow. Wow, professional grade, Becky. (laughs) You're
1: impressed?
0: Wow. This is the first neat limerick that I know of in the history of the human experience. It
1: might just be the last, we can all hope.
0: We will see. Well, Becky, Great talking to you. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you in June, if not before.
1: Cannot wait. Absolute cannot wait. We'll see everybody in Neeps.
0: Sounds good. Take care. This has been the Neeps cast.